You're listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm here with Dr. Christian Gonzalez. He is Dr. G on Instagram, and I'm so excited to have him on today. I've been following him for a while. He is a hub of knowledge, and I'm obsessed with naturopathy and alternative medicine, and I've been following him for a while, and I just needed to get him on the show. He he knows so much in this field, and I cannot wait to pick his brain. So welcome to the show, Dr. G. Oh, thank you. A hub of knowledge. That's the best one I've heard so far. I like that one. Is it? I feel lot. like I say it too yeah. often, like hub. Like I don't even know if I like that word. <laughs> no, I like it because no one's ever called me a hub of knowledge, and I appreciate that because um, this is the knowledge I look to share with literally everyone. You know, you'll see me in the street and whoever wants to listen to me about anything naturopathic or spiritual, uh, manifestation, consciousness, whatever, gut health, I'll talk. You know what I mean? So uh, I think, yeah, I think that we all need to, to share how we can better our lives physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is. Um, and, and just like yelling on the top of a mountain. Get on a soapbox. Uh, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so quickly before we get into all the good stuff, let's hear about your story, how you got into medicine, and just like a kind of really quick all around, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit of a bio for people that don't know you. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, well I, gra- I graduated in economics from Rutgers University in New Jersey, and I thought that that was really cool. I didn't really have an idea what I was going to do. Then I hooked up with this medicine program, and I thought that it'd be a great idea to go into dentistry. You know, I had some issues with my teeth growing up, a lot, even teenagers, and I, I thought it'd be a great idea to help kids with their confidence, you know, through orthodontics. So I started getting into dentistry, and I thought I was going to be a dentist. I was shadowing this orthodontist for like three years through college, and then I graduated and went to dental school, and I went for two years. And in Minnesota, and we were talking about like weather and, and, and I'm over here in California and I can't tell you a starker contrast between the weather. Literally, it is the coldest I've ever been in my life up in Minnesota. And you're Canadian, so you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but, but being there was, was great. Um, but what happened was there was, I, I believe if, if, if you don't listen, the universe will budge you and budge you and budge you and, you know, poke your ribs until you listen. Uh, and many times we listen when everything, like when literally it can't be more blatant or sometimes we never listen. But in that case, I, I did listen because I started finding out about what naturopathic medicine was when I was in school. So, so usually, you know, the universe will poke you on the ribs until you blatant listen, or sometimes you never listen. But what happened was, um, well, one, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in mm-hmm. school and in, in the first year of school, sort of like a few months when I got into it. So I had no, I never met anyone with cancer at that point. So coming home, 
during the winter or like the holiday break, it was pretty devastating to see, you know, your mom. And then you see her like 45 pounds lighter, you know, skin and bones pale. And you see like, then you understand the magnitude of the situation, you know, because for me, I thought you go get chemo radiation surgery and you're done, you know, and then you beat cancer. I didn't understand yet. I grasped the concept of what cancer and how devastating it was. So regardless, at that point, um, when I was going back to Minnesota, she gave me a book and I forgot the name of the book, to be honest, but it was some sort of diet. But what I saw there was uh, naturopathic designation. I said, what the heck is MD? I go, they must have messed that one up. You know, they, they, they were supposed to put MD. Why'd they put MD? Then I read about the author. Then I went home. Then I researched it. Then that is to this day, never a stronger intuition in my life. I mean, that totally awakened me and said, hey, man, you're in the wrong field. You need to leave right now. So lo and behold, within two weeks, I wasn't in that school anymore. And oh my God. I was epiphany. I was out. Yeah, it was an epiphany. I was out. Well, within the time from leaving or not being in Minnesota, it, happily leaving that cold weather anyway, but coming back and from starting naturopathic school, my mom got really sick. And within a year of naturopathic school, like around final, she passed away. Right. Oh, and I was, sorry. yeah. And I was really. The, the the part the part that was really devastating was when I understood how incomplete cancer care was in this world because it's very mm. incomplete. I'll never forget. I mm. sat there with the oncologist and the uh, the dietitian, and I spoke about what my mom should eat because technically, you know, I, I was home with her a lot and I was able to cook for her instead, or she would have been going to the pantry, you know. So I was cooking and making her juice and all these things, but they wanted her to get calorically dense foods which drove me crazy because their idea of calorically dense foods were pizza. Their idea of calorically dense foods were pasta. Uh, like these are foods, cookies that they said, like just give her anything just to get her calories. That's not how, that's not how nutrition works. You don't give, you don't just go, here's calories at the expense of everything else in the body. And that rubbed me the wrong way. So at that point, that's when I really started blazing a fire and going into oncology and, you know, setting a mark on it. Cause that's, that's, I'm not even trying to do it. That's what I am doing. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I can at least bring people aware of cancer in general and overall health. Oh my God. I, how, okay. Good for you. First of all, that this is just so <laughs> incredible because no, honestly, like we need people like you in this world because, you know, we need to stop just doing the traditional way. You know what I mean? Like things change, things evolve, you know, re new research comes out. Like there's such a disconnect with traditional medicine and nutrition. And it is, it's almost like a joke, you know, like everything mm -hmm. is connected. It's like, they're, they're really just turning a blind eye on something so important, honestly, probably the most important thing to healing. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's just absurd. I, I don't even understand it. And you know, this is just so amazing what you're doing and just getting the word out there. So, so tell me, what are your main top philosophies on health, on, you know, curing yourself from diseases and cancers? Like, what is your, your top kind of overarching theory? There's pillars and you, cancer is obviously a lot more complex than say something like recurrent strep growth, right? But at the end of the day, you still treat the person. You don't, treat the throat, right? If it's breast cancer, you don't treat just the breast. You treat the person, 
the human being as a whole. And we have to understand that mind body plays a huge role. It's not just physical, right? It's not just physical insults in the body. Mind body plays a huge role. The sense of purpose plays a huge role. It, everything is a whole and a complex network of what health is. So health certainly isn't just, am I fit? And do I have a six pack? That's not health. That's, that's old. That's, that's 1980s way, 1970s, 1960s ways of thinking. Mm. That doesn't work that way. But we have to understand what the overarching pillars are of health. Nutrition, you just mentioned. So important. If you, you can't, you can't intervene with every other pillar and then eat like crap. That does, that just will never, ever, ever work. So you are what you eat. Like you literally yeah. are what you eat. <laughs> like yeah, our certainly. cells are made up of the food that we, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. why do people it's, it's not crazy. understand that? Yeah. Well, I, there's many, there's many things, but not the least of being the way we are marketed and the way we understand what food is. And that's why it's a call, at least over here, standard American diet. It's horrible, but it's just, it's all marketing. And it's just to me like brainwashing. So it's nutrition, sleep. If you're not sleeping well, then you're taking a big chunk away from your health. So sleep has to be addressed. And there's so many ways to address it. Exercise, movement. We are not made to be sedentary. We have to, have to, have to move. So that we have to find a way every single day to do something, right? We are not sedentary. So that's, that's huge. And then uh, mental, emotional, right? Do we have traumas through life, big traumas like sexual abuse or smaller traumas like you know, I was bullied in school for a little bit. <clears throat> um, so that's really huge. And then sense of purpose. What are we here? Are we fulfilling our spiritual destiny, right? Or what are we here for? Are we happy? Are we sitting in a cubicle knowing that we are destined for greatness, but sitting in a cubicle and doing nothing? Because to me, that's my version of hell. That's hell on earth, right? If I'm doing something, if I know my capability and I have the power to do it and I'm doing something different, so we have to understand that's all health and stress, stress too. That's all health. And the way the analogy I always give is we have a cup and that cup fills up, right? Through life. And, and you may have a shot glass and I may have a big gallon cup or vice versa, but that cup size is dependent on everyday stress, stress exposures, right? How stressed are we? Because if we're really stressed in that cup, even if I have a gallon sized cup, that stress, that cup's going to shrink, 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 shrink. And if I'm super stressed, it's going to get to the size of a shot glass. And that cup fills up, fills up with environmental exposures, which I didn't even touch on, which is huge, environmental toxins, poor diet, um, uh, infections, inflammation. And as that cup fills up, the minute it pours over, that's when we see or feel disease happen, right? Oh man, my joints are killing me. Oh, well, I have arthritis now. But little did we know that that cup is filling up over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about nutrition. I I love everything you preach. And and I want you to tell the audience, you know, about your plant-based lifestyle and the benefits of that and and why you choose this lifestyle. Me personally, I'm not 100% plant-based. I, you know, sometimes eat a little bit of high-quality animal protein. Mm -hmm. Um, Not often. Most days I am plant-based. But you know, say I had some wild salmon as my lunch, like I, I really am picky with my um, animal products. though. so again, mm-hmm. I'm I most days, most days of the week, plant based. Um, but sometimes I do incorporate a little bit. Um, but I, I love the whole lifestyle. My a lot of my family is plant based. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such an incredible way of living. I, I want to hear more. Yeah, yeah. So look, I'm certainly not a dogmatic vegan, which can be really a, a turn off to many people. What I am is an empowering one, right? So when folks 
want to transition, hey, I'm here for you and I'm going to teach you how to do it correctly, which is really important, right? Because people will always, it's like, it's like food is like religion, right? Yeah, I can't just go to the deep south in America and be like, everyone, there's no such thing as, you know, Catholicism or Jesus, you know, they'll run me out of there with pitchforks, right? So <laughs> we, we have to understand a way how to gently express this to people. So look, what, what, we have to pay close attention to this. There's one diet that has been shown to reverse heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killer in America. There's one diet that has across the board been shown to reverse heart disease. Heart disease is not reversible in the, in the face of conventional medicine. What you do with heart disease is get triple bypass surgery, then you get on statins so that, you know, that controls the amount of cholesterol that's depositing in your coronary arteries. So right then and there, we should understand if the number one kill in the world for in America is heart disease, then that's and what, what's leading to that. It's a food, it's a food illness, right? It's, it's exposure to food and food and, and a terrible diet and high, high, high meat, 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 meat diets. So that's, that's first and foremost to know that we can actually heal people by putting people on more plants. There is across the board, we know that the, the healthiest, the healthiest approach to a diet is having plants, having plants, right? The majority of your plate being plants. I don't care if you're paleo. I don't care if you're keto. I don't care if you're full-blown vegan. If your plate doesn't have 60% plants, then we have to start rethinking how we're eating, right? There's different diets and it, it, like, great, you know, you can do your diet, but there's diets that also preach, you know, have 60% steak, right? And have your cauliflower with that. But I think that that's, that's, that's topsy-turvy. That's, that's not the way you approach diet because plants have phytonutrients. Plants have way, way, way more antioxidants than any, any animal flesh food or animal derived food. Way more, way more. And those antioxidants, phytonutrients, right? We, those things have such a beneficial positive effect. Anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory. They feed our organs, right? They reduce what they call oxidation by just living on earth, what we're exposed to chemicals, right? Beauty products, the air, the, the air we breathe. That's all causing oxidation. Well, oxidation is going to at some point start pushing the cancer process because it puts stress on our genes. Well, what protects our genes? Plants, plants of all colors, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, violet, plants, plants, plants. So I think that we start, we need to start understanding first and foremost, I don't care what diet it is. I care more so that you understand the importance of variety and abundance of plants in your diet. Number one, the most therapeutic diet out there across medical literature, uh, reverses heart disease, um, evidence of it being anti-cancer in many ways. I mean, we know that so many of these foods have such a positive effect on cancer. Um, and, and it's just, it's literally, and it's, we're not even talking about how it can save the world, right? What it does, what animal agriculture does to the environment. It's incredible, right? Because one hamburger, I believe is 2000 liters of water. Look that up because I might be wrong, but I'm sure it's, it's something astronomical like that. Yeah. It's something um, crazy like that. It's, it, and it's also, um, or like showers for three months or something, you know, for sure. It's one of it. And, and yeah, I've yeah. heard that. And, and we have a responsibility because we're not, we're not in this world. We're of this world, the world's health, right? The environment's health is our health is our children's health. So 
I think we need to be a little more responsible, right? Because why, why is, why is one uh, global warming on fire right now? Why are we decimating the Amazon forest for animal agriculture? It's literally yeah, just it's for disgusting. us to eat. Yeah, just for us to eat animals. That's the only reason why the Amazon is being torn down at a football field a minute, I believe. One football field a minute, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, And so there's so many alternatives out there. At like, this point, yes. Beyond we're, meat. Like, you know, I know it's probably not the healthiest, um, you know, replacement to beef. But, like, it tastes freaking amazing. Like, you know, there's so many alternatives that, that taste just as good. It's not like... You know, you have, you're either an intense meat eater or you eat, you know, le like leaves all day. Like there, people mm -hmm. need to understand that like, that you can have such an amazing, delicious diet full of plant-based food. Nowadays, yes. When I started 10 years ago, no, like it was very yeah. difficult, but, but why is it all available? Because there's demand. Why is there demand? Because there's consciousness. Because we're understanding one, what a meat heavy diet does to our diet. And two, or to our body, and two, what a meat-heavy diet does to the earth, right? To two, two mm. things. We're learning more about it. And it, it, over the past 10 years, I'll tell you, because I started in 2009, it has exploded our understanding of what literally the dependence on animal products is doing to our health in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So even if people that did not want to give up their meat or fish or whatever even if they just bring that down to like twice a week, you know, it would sure. make such a insane difference. Do you think sourcing, sure. like if you are going to have animal protein, do you think like, you know, picking, you know, sourcing it from like the best quality and, you know, more local farmers, is that really making an impact at all? Or it's not even. It, 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 it is on the, it is on the world and on your health, right? Because it's going to have a better inflammatory profile than, what you're getting conventional, right? If, if I have someone says super dogmatic, I will never change. I am only going to eat meat the rest of my life. Then, then you have no choice. If you have meat and you're putting, and you're putting that in your mouth, you have to have high quality. There's, there's just, yeah. there's just no, cho no choice at this point. I mean, sh short of, you know, what like financially where you're at short of that, if you have the option, then you have to get high quality and, or just start moving over to mostly plants because as I mentioned, if you if you if you if you do choose to consume and still choose to consume, then make sure your whole plate put you're not you're not eating salmon with some vegetables. You're eating a salad with a small side of salmon. You see what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Literally, you should see my Instagram stories today. I posted what I had for lunch. It was like the tiniest bit of salmon and like everything else, just vegetables. Like that is how I base mm -hmm. my meals. And I also you know, like people listen, you could tell people, oh, listen, it's gonna save the earth, it's gonna, you know, prevent you from getting cancer. But at the end of the day, a lot of people just want to hear, oh, it will help you lose weight, right. But at the end of the day, eating mm -hmm. this way does help you lose weight as well. And I think a lot of my audience, mm -hmm. they're, they're conscious of like, oh, my audience here is, is the young woman, um, mm -hmm. 18 to 25. And, you know, we are very conscious of how we look. And, you know, a lot of the reason why we eat the way we do is because we think it's going to help us look a certain way. So, you know, what would you say to somebody that wants to lose a little bit of weight? Like how I know there's a plant based diet, but how would you go about eating those plant based foods? Because I know there's a lot of processed foods in the plant based space as well. And, you know, if somebody mm -hmm. wanted to kind of try out eating this way, like what would you kind of suggest they they do if they, you know, what kind of foods would they eat if they wanted to lose fat? 
Yeah, so it, it will certainly help, right? Because all of a sudden your calories aren't coming from oil, trans fats, right? Um, you're, you're, not, you're not eating foods which are causing inflammation, right? So unfortunately, regardless of it being grass-fed or wild-caught, there's still inherent inflammatory molecules in those foods, right? So when your body is inflamed, you see it. You see people. You see people swollen, right? You see people... There, there, there's stubborn weight loss, right? What I see, and and I, I don't, I don't do weight loss. It just happens. That's that's just a positive effect of getting people on a healthier diet. I care more about just long term health. But what I do for what I do know is for folks or my colleagues who do specifically focus on weight loss, they do different forty day programs, just plant based, no meat, and I'm going to teach you how to eat. Though it is across the board incredible how you see people lose weight when one they add more fiber. They add more anti-inflammatory molecule dense foods, antioxidants, right? Now, all of a sudden, they're pooping more, right? Now, all of a sudden, they're getting rid of all those toxins. Well, what does your body do when it's holding on a toxin? It gets inflamed, right? It swells, yeah. right? You have stubborn weight loss. But here's the most important part when it comes to weight loss and plant-based foods. Plant-based foods, I just mentioned fiber. Plant-based foods, the fiber in it, right? Once, once it starts going through your digestive system, it gets to your colon. It starts feeding on the microbiome. It starts promoting the growth of those positive, th- those really beneficial bacteria in our colon and starts reducing the growth of all of those pathogenic bacteria. Well, why is that important? Because now we are finding that the microbiome is tightly connected to weight loss, stubborn weight loss. So if you're feeding those bugs in your colon with fiber from plants, then you are promoting the growth of those good bacteria. And by promoting the growth of the good bacteria, you're helping yourself in general just start reducing uh, weight. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's crazy. It's, it's revolutionary. And you talk a lot about the gut-brain connection. Do you want to maybe touch on that a little bit? Because a lot of people struggle with, you know, depression, anxiety, and mood disorders. And you know, it's it's an epidemic in today's society. And a lot of people don't know that what they're eating is actually affecting their mental state, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100,000%. The That goes right back to the microbiome, the gut-brain axis, right? Well, one, we, one, we're just creating most of our serotonin, that feel-good, right? That feel-good hormone or neurotransmitter in our, in our gut. But we're all, when, when you're eating inflammatory foods in general, they're inflaming the body. They're inflaming the brain, right? When they're inflaming the brain, when they're high in pesticides, herbicides, heavy metals, that's brain inflammation. Of course, of course, you're not going to be in the best of moods. But we have to go back. And like I said, a gut-brain axis. If we're not feeding our, our, our body, right? We're not feeding our body with fiber because that's what our gut feeds on. The, the microbiome feeds on that fiber. That's when it has a huge party. Well, if you're eating, let's say, a carnivore diet and you're not having plants, you're not really getting that much fiber. That's huge problem. Huge, huge problem. Now, if you're eating all those plants, you're giving your gut back, you're, you're giving the, you're growing the gut bacteria and the same gut bacteria that are helping with, or the, the positive beneficial bacteria that are helping with the weight loss, uh, that are helping with the weight loss are also helping with mood, right? They are reducing or, or attenuating those uh, inflammatory molecules, right? And they're sending signals back to the brain and saying, hey, we're cool. We feel good. You know, there's no threat here. We're not being overwhelmed with pathogenic bacteria. And those pathogenic bacteria, when they grow, what they do is they eat up those molecules, you know, 
they, they, especially when you're eating a meat heavy diet, they're eating all of those breakdown products in the meat. And then what they're doing is they're, they're pooping or, or, or passing gas. And that their, their version of passing gas is creating endotoxins, right? That's causing more inflammation in the body, hence more mood disorders, right? If you're, if you're inflaming the gut, you can lead to, uh, something called leaky gut or gut permeability, gut permeability. And that can also align with leaky brain, brain permeability. There's, there's molecules that are going through your body and in your brain that are not supposed to be there and flame the brain more, right? Depression, anxiety, all that stuff has to do with brain inflammation and how health, how healthy is our gut. That's number one, what we have to think about first physiologically. Mm, amazing. So, um, okay. I really want to talk about fasting because I saw you did a video all about fasting and I love fasting. And there are so many health benefits to it. Do you kind of want to maybe give the listeners your take on fasting, whether it is intermittent fasting or two-day fasting or the fasting mimicking diet? What do you think the Mm -hmm. best ones are for beginners and what are the top benefits? Uh, Intermittent fasting would be easy for a beginner. Um, You know, it's it's just a matter of having your last meal at, let's say, 8 o'clock, right? 7, 8 o'clock. I do, I, I try to do 6.30, but realistically, you know, all of a sudden I have a dinner at like 7.30 or 8. But, but it'd be important to have a window between your last meal to your first meal of about 13 to 16 hours. And that's called an intermittent fast. And you could just practice that daily. That's pretty much what I do. Minimum 13. Now, 13 is important because that's what's been shown to be helpful for breast health. But also fasting is helpful for cardiovascular health blood sugar regulation, weight loss, immune system, detox. These are all things that we just do. Look, our body, our body is, was designed in, in a better state. We are, we have evolved more not eating than we have eating, right? So I heard a quote by Walter Longo, which is the leader in the fasting mimicking diet. And he said that our body is more adapt. I'm sorry, let me go back. Eating is more stressful to the body than not eating which is a pretty incredible quote. Wow. Because if you th- yeah, because if you think about it, we when, when, when we were cavemen and women, you know, we weren't just feasting every meal. We weren't just eating all day, right? We weren't just grazing, right? You know, having sna- opening a cupboard and having snacks, right? We, there, were, there were days we didn't eat and then we ate and then we didn't eat. Well, that wasn't, you know, in the span of evolution, that wasn't too long ago, right? So that change, that change is, is not reflected properly the way we do eat. We overeat. We eat all day and then we don't practice fasting. So I think the safest intervention is to do an intermittent fast. Um, you can work with your doctor and maybe do a prolonged one or your or whoever's taking care of you or can oversee this. You can do a prolonged fast. I do believe that everyone at least a quarter, every quarter should do maybe a three, four, five day fast, water fast. Um, and then go back, how do you go do back it? to life. I've really wanted to do that. Tell me how we can do a four day water fast. Like I, I've only really done like a 24 hour fast, but I'm so intrigued. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, it's one understanding, like what's going on with your body, right? Because you're going to get tired. That, 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 then don't go, don't go to CrossFit, you know, don't go run a mile. Don't go train for your marathon, right? You have to plan around it. You're going to, you may get a headache. We'll understand it's going to pass. You have to be super hydrated. Got to drink water all day, every day. Um, and just understand, like, this is what happens. Your body is going through ups and downs. For me, when I did the, the three-day, which was the last one I did, I felt like I had the flu. 
for the, the second day, I felt like I had the flu. I, I couldn't even get out of bed. My, my, uh, my, my body was just hurting. And it passed. It passed the next morning. But you have to understand, when our body has permission, when it's not digesting and using all of its energy for that function, our body has now permission to start releasing all of the crap that's stored in our adipose cells, our fat cells, right? Heavy metals, pollutants, right? And it starts releasing them and we start detoxing. It ain't going to feel good if we start, if there's a detox process going in our body, right? The reason why our body wants us to rest during detox is so it can detox properly and we're not running a marathon and then our body has to send blood to our muscles, right? It's really going through that detox process. So, um, you know, just, just work through your symptoms and we know if that's going to pass, stay hydrated, that's going to pass and, uh, and make sure you you have someone overlooking, right? Because if you have thyroid issues, adrenal issues, it might not be a good idea to jump right into it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. What about the fasting mimicking diet? Um, yeah, that's intriguing too. So I mentioned Walter Longo, that's his diet. Um, what I, I, I do believe that that's a great way to s- get started on it for sure. Um, he has a, so basically it's a one week fast or five day fast, I believe where you get to eat foods, right? But you eat these foods that are not going to register in your body in many ways as food. It's not going to spike up your blood sugar and change that fasting state. So it's fasting mimicking diet. Um, and he goes for five days because right around day four or five, there's a process called autophagy. And when that autophagy process happens, it's basically cleanup. It's cleanup in our body. What I call it a spring cleaning, right? We get rid of all the crap, all the cells that are that are defective, right? All of the cancerous cells, right? All of the viruses, bacteria, our body just goes, let's clean up, let's clean up everything. And then we start growing. Once we start refeeding, there's a regrowth. There's new, those, those stem cells are now regrowing to healthier cells. So it can help autoimmune processes. So um, really important stuff for folks who are looking into it. But that's why I always say three to five day fast, because you want to get in that mode of autophagy, A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Uh, autophagy. And that's the whole goal of fasting, right? To start turning on your evolutionary processes, those genes that go, oh yeah, a fasted state. Now I know what to do because this has happened for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And I know exactly how to adapt to it. Oh my God. So interesting. Okay. So I've just brought up the um, Instagram questions that I asked my Instagrammers, uh, if they wanted me to say anything on the podcast and are you cool with like a quick kind of Q and a type mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Alcohol. How bad is it? I need inspiration to cut back. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's look, it's like a forest fire in the body every time you drink it. And I heard a quote once it's saying like, well, the next morning, can I just drink green tea and eat healthy and work out? Well, the quote for, I believe it was a scientist. And he said, uh, yeah, well, it's sort of like, you know, trying to stop a fire with a sponge, right? Like just squeezing the water out of a sponge and trying to stop a whole house burning down. Um, it is, it, when it comes to, and I understand, I'm, I'm open, I understand about social, uh, that's, that's tied into the social culture, the thread of what, you know, going out and having a good time with your friends is. But I, I, I asked two things, right? One, what's the need for it? Do you, do you drink alcohol because you're, you're uncomfortable in being in social settings? Um, and if, and if there was something else, like let's say green tea and green tea was the most acceptable thing to drink when you were out, 
would you just not even think about it? So is it, is it one, because you need it when you're in crowds or is it because it's just part of the social thread? Because if it's part of the social thread, you, you don't have to drink it. If you need it in crowds, then you have to do a little bit of deeper work. But regardless, what we physiologically, it's, it's inflammatory to the whole body. It's connected to the seven different types of cancers. Seven. And I think we have to stress this. Alcohol isn't, the alcohol isn't associated with seven different cancers. It causes the seven different cancers. So the more you drink throughout life, every drink that you choose to drink, you're predisposing yourself to seven different types of cancers, which is pretty incredible, right? That people don't talk about it. Now, breast cancer, a little bit less, but certainly mouth cancer, throat cancer, pancreatic cancer, stomach cancer, um, colon cancer. These are things wow. that we have to pay close attention to. Now, I'm not even talking. Your, your audience is mostly females, right? So what, I, young females. So they're like, what do I have to worry about cancer for? Well, people do get cancer at 25, 30. 35, 40, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen people with cancer at 18 that it, it's indiscriminate. It just, it just happens for everyone, but hormones, hormones are huge, huge things that alcohol messes up. Well, if it's messing up your hormones, you better believe if you're presenting with cystic acne, right? Your period's a mess, stubborn weight gain, mood disorders. Well, you got to look at your hormones. Number one. So alcohol is a potent potent disruptor of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, your neurotransmitters. Alcohol is, is like, a, that's why I call it a forest fire. It doesn't just affect one thing. It affects, if you're drinking alcohol every day, you better believe your hormones are going to be disrupted. If your hormones are disrupted, you're predisposing yourself to so many issues. Yeah. Not to mention mood. Like I don't drink really ever. I have maybe, you know, a glass of good quality red wine here or there every two months. Like I'm really not a drinker at all. And it's mostly because of my mental health. But yes, of course, because of physical health now, like learning all about that, it's it's crazy. And I think, you know, people need to be more comfortable going out to social settings and, you know, ordering a soda water with ice. And, you know, even if people around you think it's a vodka soda, like, you know, it just kind of taking that move and trying to kind of work around those social pressures if you don't feel confident enough you know just saying no I don't drink because now that's kind of what I did at the beginning I used to you know kind of fake drinking so that people wouldn't Mm -hmm. ask me about it but then now I'm just I own it I'm like yeah I'm not a drinker but you know and you know what I say to people and it kind of shuts them up like I was at a wedding a few weeks ago and everyone was like why aren't you drinking and I'm like oh trust me I'm way more fun sober I don't like I get all quiet when I'm drunk like you want me to be sober Mm -hmm. trust me like, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of just say that. So because people want you to drink because they feel mm-hmm. like you're going to be more fun and on their level. But mm-hmm. if you kind of say, oh, God, no, like I get total migraines. I'm no fun when I'm drunk. Like they'll be like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of what I yeah. do now. But yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And yeah. we just we just have to pay close attention to why why we drink. And it took me a while to understand it. Like for one, it was part of the social culture. But two, for me, I was more outgoing when I was drunk and I was more friendly and social and witty and then at the end of the day i was like well why can't i just be these things normally and i just, i literally had to work on myself and go all right i don't need something outside of me to realize this within myself and once i did do that and i put that out there i said no i can be however and whoever i want at any point ever in my life and once you take action right and you become your own boss with that 
you don't really need anything outside of you to be what you want or do what you want, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I'll, 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 let's say I go home and there's a huge party and they offer me a cocktail. I'll drink it on special occasion just to be part of it. But I know I'm doing everything for my body, my mind, my spirit, right? To just not need that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few questions here about manifesting and the law of attraction. Can we get into that a bit? Because I'm obsessed. And yeah, like tell me. This is my favorite stuff. Yes, (laughs) This is my favorite stuff. Yeah. So what is the question? Anything about it? Just general? Just like how to start manifesting. And I'm just going to generalize okay. it because we had a few, a lot of actually questions about that. Um, but just like kind of, you know, manifesting and law of attraction tips for beginners, like any personal stories of yours that you've mm. manifested, you know, so just kind of a lowdown. I, I manifested everything in my life, everything for the past 10 years or 12 years. I've understood manifestation. I've created everything that I've experienced. My life, how it is now is was was something that I visualized five years ago. Everything, everything. So, so one number one in manifestation is clarity. You have to understand what you want to create. We have been blessed more than anything to create. We've we've had the power to create. That's the most beautiful part. We're, we're here on Earth to create ourselves over and over and over again, coming closer to understanding who we are and then being the embodiment of who we are. That's why we're here. To remind each other that we are love, to remind you, your love, I'm love, your love, and then start changing the world. That's what we're here for. But to manifest, to create, you can't just go, I want a Ferrari. I'm going to get it one day, right? You have to understand the guidelines of it. One is clarity. Well, why do you want a Ferrari, right? Is it because it will give you a sense of self? You'll feel better about yourself? Well, that's weird energy. Or is it because you know who you are, you know your power, and you know it's a representation of what you want to create? And that's okay, right? There's no good or bad in manifestation. You just create. You are a telephone pole. And as a telephone pole, you're like a radio, right? So you go on your radio, you know, you go, you go in your car, and you know how you, you hear a song, and it's an amazing song by the Beatles. And you're like, or we'll say Cardi B because your audience is younger. There's an amazing song by Cardi B. <laughs> And, and they're static and they're static. And you're like, ah, oh, my God, I love this song. I, I can't find the right station. Well, when you have that clarity, you hear that song come through in HD. And that's what happens. When, you, when you're not clear, you're sending out a signal, like a telephone pole, to some part of the universe, an ether. Let's say something we see or don't see. Regardless, we're sending out that energy. And that energy isn't clear. So you have to be clear on, one, what you want to create. Two, why you're creating it. Three, who you are. Who through number three is the hardest part, right? Because who you are at your most basic level is love. And when you have an understanding and you start feeling that and being that, then that frequency is HD on steroids. And when that frequency is HD on steroids, you are able to create literally overnight. And that is what I try to have people understand is that they have to become clear on who they are. Who well at your basic level, your love. Okay, what does that mean? Well, how am I embodying that? Am I choosing fear in everything that I do or am I choosing love in everything that I do? You always have a choice. Every word, thought, action you, you have or create can be love or fear. So what I'm trying to say is this. When you choose that vibration of love, your frequency is the most powerful thing in the world. You can create anything you want in this world. 
alongside your circumstances. Listen, I, I, I wish I could play in the NBA, but I'm not playing in the NBA. I'm not playing against LeBron James, right? But I can be in the NBA on some capacity, right? If my love is for basketball, I can be in the NBA. Who says I can't be a head coach? You see what I mean? So you can create all things with that energy. Be clear. Know who you are. Visualize. This is the other part of it now. You got to be You got to be alone. You got to take time. Close your eyes. No interruptions. And start visualizing, right? If I want that Ferrari, I got to know how it sounds. I have to know how Ferrari sounds when it turns on. I have to know how it smells on the inside. I have to know uh, how it looks, every, cur- every curve, everything. And I have to feel it. I have to feel myself in those visions. Open the door. How does the door feel? Pulling it. Well, what, what is the resistance on my muscles? Getting in the car, sitting down. I have to know that. And it has become so real like a movie in your head. So real. Like there's no, like it, it, there's, you don't know the difference between reality and these visions that you have. That's the second part of manifestation. And the third part this is the most important part now, aside from the love thing, is you have to embody it, right? You can be, you can have a thousand dollars in your bank account and you want that Ferrari, then act as if you have to embody that energy because that energy sends out those signals in hyperdrive. You have to understand what does someone who owns a Ferrari look like to you, right? What do they say? What do they think? What do they do? And start being that because that version, whether it's accurate or not, that version of your understanding of what that person who owns a Ferrari is, is going to create that opportunity. You might have a thousand dollars in your bank account, but the person, the place, the things, the situations, the circumstances are going to arise for you to have, even with a thousand dollars in your bank account, a Ferrari. You understand? So we have to be clear. We have to be clear on who we are, what we want. We have to visualize very, very powerfully. Visualize, and then we have to embody. We have to be that. At, when you tapped into all three, it's a wrap. You're, you understand that all of a sudden, you are the architect of your human experience, right? Uh, a rock can come out of space and hit my brand new car that I just bought, right? But you're the architect of how you react, right? Those things may be, quote unquote, out of control. Did I, did I attract that meteor hitting my car? But you absolutely can choose to be who you are in reference to that. So when you choose to be who you are in reference to that, you're like, you know what? That's cool. I'll just create another brand new car. And that's the power of what we have. We have the power to create our lives in any way that we want. And I think it's so beautiful when people understand this and take control of their lives because it's never the same. Life is never the same. You're not on autopilot. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. It's pretty, pretty crazy what we see. Oh my God. I love this so much. And you just have to have faith and believe like, this is the thing I've, I've manifested my whole life too. I've manifested exactly where I am today. And, you know, I, I've never seen so much happiness, abundance and success than I have my entire life. Uh, you know, this year, I I've really seen it all. And for two years before that, I was kind of on and off manifesting, trying it out, then kind of stopping, trying it out, stopping. And then January of this year, I was like, F this, I'm going full force manifest mode. I'm believing that I can, you know, do all of this stuff, you know, completely revolutionize my business, my career, my, my body, my health, everything. I'm like, F this, I'm just putting it all in. And I did that. And honestly, after five, six months, I woke up one morning and I was looking at my life and I was like, whoa, this Mm -hmm. stuff freaking works like literally mm-hmm. you just have to this is the mistake that i made for so long it's like i have asked it i was like oh when i'm in the good mood i'll meditate when i'm in the good mood i'll visualize but 
when it just becomes you and it becomes something that you do daily, you just, there's no other option than to just attract that energy and doing visualize or visualization meditations. I do Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations every morning Mm -hmm. for a half hour and it's changed my life. Like my vibration, my, my whole body is, is like literally my cells are vibrating at such a freaking amazing frequency every single morning after doing those meditations. And it's like, that's the reason that I'm where I am right now. And my life's changed completely the past eight months. Like it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. And, and you know, the power of meditation, I just did one this morning too, is the power of meditation is that it sets your whole day, right? Remember we are energetic beings. And if we are energetic beings, then it stands to believe that we can change that frequency at any given time with thoughts, words, and actions. Well, one of the major hacks to this is meditation because the more consistently you do it, the deeper you go in it, the more in your waking life that you're operating with such a powerful manifestative frequency. And that's so important to know, right? So visualization and manifestation are, are such a key. And one thing I didn't mention is that you have, you have to, you can't trick the universe, right? Because the universe is you. You can't trick yourself. You know all of your deep, dark secrets. You you know your confidence, right? So you, I can't just be like, I'm going to get a Ferrari. I'm going to get a Ferrari. And I don't know why I use Ferrari. I don't even like those cars. I'm just saying it because it's an expensive <laughs> car. But like, I'm going to get a Ferrari. I'm going to get a Ferrari. But if deep down inside, I'm like, I don't really know if I'm going to get a Ferrari. I'm not worthy of Ferrari. I don't, I don't see much value in a Ferrari. Why do I want one? Like, if you're telling yourself all these stories and you're not clear, then trust me, it, it, nothing will create your, your thoughts, your words, and your actions have to align. So if you have people in your life saying, you ain't never getting that Ferrari, then you got to cut them out. You only have to have people that align with your reality and your visions. If you're dating someone who's bringing down your vibration, who's bringing down your frequency, who's bringing down your ability to create and manifest, you got to cut that person out like yesterday, right? Because it's, it's all of these things that are anchors to your power. When you cut those anchors, you are on fire. And when you are on fire, I promise you, you can create anything. I have. I'm creating my whole life. I'm creating whatever I want. I will create tomorrow. You see what I mean? Like, and this is, this is not, this is for people to see themselves in this conversation and be like, well, holy shit, I can do this myself. And you can. Like, we've been, everyone's been blessed with this power. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Honestly, Christian, I want to have another episode with you where we just talk about this because I I feel like we messed up here talking about the health too much like this is what I want to talk about <laughs> yeah well look, look pay close attention to this like this is health like like your ability to know who you are is why you're here your ability to create is why you're here this is health at its deepest core right you can eat all the vegetables you want but if deep down inside you're so detached from who you are If deep down inside you're so detached of your greatness and your power to create, well, then that's not going to do anything, right? The the pillar, stage one, right? Area one, the the point is the first place is this, is understanding who you are and creating. That's where health comes from. You understand? It's not not supplements, right? It's not broccoli. It's this first. Because when you're aligned, you are the healthiest you've ever been. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It's incredible, incredible. I, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I literally, I, we definitely need to do another one. 100%. We, <laughs> we have to. So that's I'm all, a given. I'm all I ha- for it. 
yeah, let's do it. So guys, if you liked this episode, go to Instagram and let us know. And, um, you know, right before we finish, do you want to let everyone know what your Instagram is? They can go reach out to you there and, you know, let me know as well. Sure. It's at uh, D-O-C-T-O-R.G, at doctor.G. There's an underscore at the end, but don't worry about it. It usually comes up by then. Um, And I have my show, Heal Thyself. Heal Thyself is where I talk about this. Uh, I talk a lot about manifestation. I talk about uh, food, how to choose the correct foods when you're food shopping. I talk about awesome concepts. And then I have the most amazing guests in the world come through that studio who are in their power, you know? I can have some, I can literally have someone who basket weaves, but is so passionate, so fiery about it. That's what I want. I want people who are so powerful that they remind us of our own greatness. So uh, yeah, Lewis House has a school of greatness. Mine's is the institution of greatness. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. I have to jump on a call. So we got to run, but thank you so much. Honestly, I'm so, so, so grateful for you coming on the show and yeah, let's definitely do another one soon.